Rep your city. All my people, are you with me? Bringing notice to the heavenly estate. Boots tied, spiritual flags we wave high, for we are the light. White for the purity, gold for the riches and authority, purple representing royalty. God's glory and grace provides us with powerful stories, testimonies. I know you're from around my way by the fruit displayed. Love that's maneuvered around the body, leaving you with feelings of being home. No longer do we use force to get to the throne, for we have been adopted into the priesthood. God still looks at us and says it is exceedingly good. Every day I'm striving to drive the population higher, fulfilling his desires. When asked where you're from, say a place that would make Eden blush. Rep the Most High, Holy Spirit, and Jesus. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, how are y'all doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another awesome episode of RYC Praise News. Man, tonight, 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 we sit down with the brother Harmony. Man, 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 man. How are you doing once again, bro? Man, I'm doing really good, bro. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on to, uh, you know, to talk about what's been going on, man. We're gonna give God glory. We're gonna amen. inspire. We're gonna inspire some people today. Amen, amen. I'm digging the hat, man. I, matter of fact, matter of fact, <laughs> let me let me just say something. I'm digging the hat. I'm digging the gold glasses with the gold chain and the gold on the shirt. The brother is like really up, up, up. And he got the gold go. on the fingers. There there I'm go. telling you. Man, we kingdom royalty up in here, bro. You ain't got to walk around and be broken earth, man. We we have eternal life now. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen, brother. I'm telling you, most definitely. Brother is fine. Let the church know, man. He's got it so backwards, man. People, they walking in all kinds of just depression and just can't get it. I'm like, listen, we're supposed to be happy, blessed, prosperous. Like all these things are in the Bible, bro, but people don't know, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the a lot of the church don't like to talk about money. I'm like, right. the money, money is mentioned so many times. Right, right. About it. Like that's, that's how we do what we do. That's how we buy food to give to the homeless. That's how we operate the church lights and put pews in there and get children's ministry and build facilities for programs to help people and all that it's like come on we gotta grow up <laughs> speak it brother speak it you sound Seriously. like my other brother um my other my other brother mike uh mike carter uh, another mc chh artist man the brother speaks me talking about the same thing and i i, I understand i feel both of y'all i feel all of you that speak on that man because this is the truth i mean how yeah. are we how are we supposed to help others if we don't have anything to help others with, you oh, know, I complete. mean, yeah, it makes complete sense to me, bro. I, I don't, it doesn't, it's not even like for me, it's normal conversation. Right. I, I'll make people nervous if, if they don't, if they don't like to talk about money and talk about business and talk about how to produce ways to, to receive multiple streams of income and how to, you know, take this piece here and put it here so that you can double and triple your ROI on it. Like, I'm like, I'm going to make you nervous because I'm going to be talking about it. <laughs> amen. Amen. Hey, bro, let the folks know uh, where you're from and exactly, you know, uh, a little bit more about yourself, man. 
Yeah, sure. Um, again, thanks for having me on, bro. I really appreciate it. My name is Harmony, H-A-R-M-I-N-I, based out of Dallas, Texas, originally raised in upstate New York in a city called Elmira, born and raised uh, in the projects of Riverview Apartments, uh, 502 Madison Ave, lived there for 15 years. Dad was absent uh, my entire childhood and uh, was raised by my mom, single mom, raising two boys. And uh, man, it was just a real struggle living there. A uh, lot of um, a lot of people from other cities would always come to our city to sell drugs. And there'd always be knife fights and just craziness, man, in, in the hood where I lived at, bro. It was just really crazy. Uh, I remember one dude got stabbed all up in his chest and he crawled up to my little, my, my brother uh, when he was 10 years old on his bike, just, you know, full of blood asking my brother to help him. I'm talking crazy stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so living in that environment, man, um, seeing a lot of drug activity all the time, but it, it goes beyond that. Cause a lot of people's stories, you know, people say, well, God delivered me from drugs and all that. I mean, that's good and that's cool, but I like to go into the details because the details is where the power is. The, de the, the details is what helps set people free. It's what helps give people clarity. Right. And so it was more than just like, okay, we did drugs or sold drugs or whatever. Like drugs in my life and the things that I was seeing, my, my mom had Tourette syndrome. So my mom actually smoked weed to help calm her nervous condition. And uh, a guy had approached my mom at one point was like, you know, instead of buying nickel bags and dime bags and 20 bags of of weed for me, how about you? You take a quarter pound and sell it. So that way you don't have to pay anything. You can just, you know, keep a portion for yourself and you, you can smoke weed for free. And that sounded like a good idea living on welfare, on food stamps, raising two boys by yourself. Hmm. And so. You know, my mom bought into that and she sold marijuana uh, for 11 years before we got raided the first time. And um, uh, one of her good friends had got caught with some that she was partnered with and we got raided. We had to move out of there. And then that was when I was 15, moved to a different place. And then uh, I started getting more involved in, in the selling aspect. I started smoking weed when I was 10 which then led me into a lot of other things. I started getting in a lot of trouble in school, uh, skipping school. Uh, it was actually a gateway that led me into other drugs, crack, cocaine, mushrooms, acid, opium, white rock, uh, red rock, tons of pills, uh, molested, uh, molested at age seven, which caused me to spiral downwards with shame and guilt and even identity crisis. Um, dabbled and, and touched in homosexuality for a few years in my early teen years, um, struggling with um, acceptance, constantly feeling like I had to perform well to be accepted. Uh, went to jail, went to prison. Mom died of lung cancer two weeks before I got out of incarceration. My brother picked me up at the gate uh, of the prison facility. And I went to go stay with him, went back to the same drugs and everything that put me in prison in the first place. Mm. Just a spiral, man, a whole spiral of, of constant, you know, Satan's, um, his tactics, man. He knew where my struggles were at. He knew where my, but not only does Satan know where your struggles are at, he knows where your strengths are at. Amen. Yeah. And, 
Satan will always try to pervert and twist your gifts that God has given to you so that he can use them for his will and his purpose because he knows the power that lives inside of us. And so that's what he did for me. You know, um, I believe that I believe that the, the word, the actual word name name means character and authority. Whatever name you have displays the character and authority of who you are. And so my given name outside of Harmony is Dominic Vincent Bonsignor. And Dominic, right off the bat, the inherent meaning for Dominic means belonging to the Lord. I mean, as soon as I was born, Satan already knew what time it was. Belongs to the mm. Lord. That's, that's already like jacking him up. And so and the, the spiritual connotation to my name, Dominic, means uh, strength through faith. Literally, strength through faith. So belongs to the Lord, strength through faith. Vincent, Vincent means faithful disciple. That's the, that's the inherent meaning of the name Vincent, faithful disciple. And my spiritual connotation is conquering, not conquered, conquering. That is an mm. ongoing process of taking dominion and territory, conquering. Bonsignor, it means good man, good sir, good Lord. So anyway, when you put all those together, that's a powerful combination. And yes. so Satan knew that when I was born and he did his best to divert me off the path. And he did. And so I hustled hard for the devil. I, I always had this gift of getting from the drug dealers, drug dealers, drug dealers, drug dealer. While people were paying two hundred and three hundred dollars an ounce for some weed, I was paying twenty five dollars. So I, I had this thing about me, man, and got into rap music when I was young. Um, that actually surfaced from a relationship with one of the prominent drug dealers in, in my city, in Elmira. His name was X. And I used to go over to his house. He was a white cat, loved to rap, had lots of money and respect, and he sold drugs, man. And so I'd go over there and he'd be rapping in ciphers, everybody smoking weed, getting high. And all these cats would come over, man, and they'd be rapping. And I was like a little kid sitting at his at his dad's feet, you know, because I didn't have my dad there. So I was always looking for affirmation. I was looking for somebody to affirm me. Hmm. And that just had they just happened to be the people, man. So <clears throat> wrong crowd, wrong place. You know, the perfect situations and scenarios to take me down to the pit. And so I just went hard for the devil, bro. That's just how it is. And yeah, um, yeah. yep, yep, yep. That's kind of a little background. Yeah, yeah. So um, with with that background and with everything that you went through, so who in what situation brought you out of that, started bringing you into the path of following Christ? Man, let me tell you guys the power of words. So there was a guy that I met when I went to move with my brother who met me at the gate of the prison after my mother passed away. My brother ended up becoming a pilot. He flies private jets uh, for celebrities and, uh, you know, uh, bankers, just people like that, man, the high time people. And um, so he was always getting stationed in different places. They'd have him stationed in this state and this state, according to whatever job and contract he was taking. And so when I got out of incarceration, my, my brother was the one who took all the weight of my mom's death. He's the one who had to get rid of everything in the house. He had to do everything. 
Okay, so when he 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 got me from the from the uh, gate of the prison, I went to go live with him in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and um, we bounced around a little bit. Uh, we went from New Mexico to uh, I had to come back to New York for uh, for about a month or so while he went to uh, flight school to increase his um, pilot's license, and then uh, went back to uh, where did we go? We went from there to like Garden City, Georgia. lived in lived in a hotel for like nine months. Um, that's where I actually came to understand that my grandmother had been saving up money while I was incarcerated. She had five thousand dollars that was available for me. And, um, you know, stupid me. I took five grand and spent it in 30 days on cocaine. Mm. So, yeah. Five grand mm -hmm. of cocaine got my my right and left nostril. And so, um, man, went from there to Carolinas, man. Then I anyway ended up back in New Mexico. The turnaround came there. I met a guy named Drew, Andrew. Uh, he was adopted, struggled also with identity and feeling loved and accepted. And so we were kind of the perfect combination. Mm -hmm. And so we got together. We, we loved hanging out with each other. We smoked a lot of weed, did a lot of drugs and was constantly trying to get girls. That was our whole thing. We'd <laughs> party in and get some girls, man, get some money. And so that was our whole thing constantly, day in, day out. And I ended up coming to a place where uh, I met a girl out there. And it was the first time that I let my guard down. Uh, the girl that I was with when I went into incarceration had cheated on me with a dude that lived in the projects where I was at. And it was just not good. So uh, I just didn't get with any girl. Like, I didn't let my guard down. But for her, for whatever reason, you know, I chose to let it down. And because I did that, um, some some things that happened along the way that caused me to go into a really, really, really crazy path. And so um, I ended up, we, she ended up getting pregnant. Um, there was a lot of um, domestic violence that came up, not on my part. It was actually on the female's part. Mm. So I had people coming and like keying, keying my brother's car, throwing dirty diapers with dead birds inside of them in our backyard, like putting oh, stuff wow. in the windows, throwing lit handfuls of lit firecrackers out of the window. Like I'm walking down, the, like just crazy stuff, right? So all these police got involved, all this craziness. And I ended up coming to a place where I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired. But it wasn't the first time that I prayed because I, when I was raised, my grandmother and my grandfather would go to church and they, they were very spiritual and, and they were godly. And so there was always peace in their house. There was there was prayer. There was you know, pictures of Christ and, 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 and scriptures and just different things of that nature that, you know, like you knew, you know. And so those were seeds that were planted in me as a kid. But I just never I never opened up my heart to to God to really come in and do his thing. And so there came a time when I lived in New Mexico and I had the situation with my son's mom, all of the drugs I was addicted to. I came to a place where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I just, I literally got on my knees and I prayed. And I, I've done that before, though. I did that when I was getting ready to go to other jail sentences. But the difference between that time and all the other times was, the other times it was always get me out of this trouble and I'll stop do being bad and I'll do good. But God did his part and he always kept me from serving the full punishment of any of the felonies and all the stuff that I did. He never allowed me to to... to to have to endure the full penalty of 
any of the crimes and the stuff that I committed. So he always like gave me grace, even in even in my craziness of being out there far left. But I never kept the end of my deal. And so, but this time I was very serious. And so, man, I just cried out, bro. I cried out to God so hard. I told him straight up, I was like, listen, I, I hate my life. I hate the man that I've become. I let you down. I let my mom down. I let my grandmother down, my brother down. I was like, I'm a nobody. I don't have nothing. I don't have no hope. I said, I just want to die. I'd rather you just kill me right now. I don't want to live. Um, you know, and just I was just keeping it so real. And you know, I told the Lord, I said, I said, I don't even have any hidden agenda. I said, as I, I said, that what I'm saying to you right now is exactly what it is and what I mean. And I said, I need you to help me. And I said, if you don't help me, I'm going to die and I'm going to go to hell. And I know that. Mm. And, I, and I said, and I said, but this time I said, but this time, if I do die and I do burn in hell, it's not my fault. God, it's your fault because I'm coming to you with a with being serious. I said, I don't have any hidden agenda. I just want to be, I just want to change. I don't want to be this person anymore, but I don't know how, I don't know how to change. I said, this is on you. I was like, you have to do something to help me. And um, anyway, man, God's presence just filled the whole room. I could feel, I could feel it in the air. I was waving my hands back and forth and I could literally feel uh, resistance against my arm and my hands because of how thick it was. It was just a real genuine prayer that got God's attention big time. And he came in the room and he engulfed the whole room. And I was crying so hard because I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew for the first time in my entire life that God cared about me, that he wasn't there trying to hurt me, that all of the things and the, and the trouble that I got in as a kid growing up, like I just felt like it, like it all made sense, like it wasn't him. And so I finally got to grow in a relationship with God the right way, knowing who the real Jesus is, not the fabricated one, not the one that where Christians bear his name and then, you know, they rape little kids or they bear his name and they, they punch their wives in the mouth and break their teeth or, or, you know, they, you know, people that bear the name of God, of, well, not God, because God is, can be a lot of things. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the living God, the true one, true God. Okay. Jesus, people bear the name of Jesus. And then they do some crazy stuff and God gets the flack for it. So people walk away from God and they don't love God and they don't want anything to do with God because of rep people that represent him in the earth. And they be doing some craziness, trying to act like they got it all together. And then mm -hmm. when they don't got it all together and it comes to the surface that they struggle in in some area or they have anger issues or some undealt with, you know, stuff. Then God ends up getting the blame for that. And right. so now people don't want to follow God because people that bear his name done, done gave a bad, gave him a bad taste. And so now they think God is this evil person or this mean or just somebody they don't want to know or follow. And that's that's because of people that represent him in a, in a misguided way. And so anyway, I just learned a whole lot, man. I came to Christ. He changed me. He set me free from eight drugs in less than two months uh, from July 05 to uh, I'm sorry, from May 05 to July 05. And um, it was the first time since I was 10 years old that I actually had a clear mind because I've been on drugs since I was 10 and I got mm. saved. When I was 22. So I'm I, now I'm an adult and I have a clear mind for the first time in 12 years. I really didn't even know what to do with myself. I had no <laughs> idea. I've, 
truly, I, I had money. I could actually have money in my pocket without going to spend it on drugs and cigarettes and alcohol and crack and coke and meth. I didn't even know what to buy. I like I, it was such a different mindset and such a different lifestyle that I was entering into. And I, I had the conviction of the Holy Spirit that I, I literally had to get used to being the real me because I had mm. I, I hadn't been the real me in so long. I forgot who the real me really was. <laughs> amen amen brother amen now uh let's let's back up a little bit because i know you said you were you were um dealing with music for for a time and everything but it wasn't christian music so when did you uh change and start dealing with the christian music was it around the same time um you found god or did that happen a little bit later on well it, it came about a year later. I got saved in New Mexico in May 2005. By the mm -hmm. end of by the end of 05, I moved to Texas. I was here in Dallas with my brother because he got stationed here. He got stationed in, in Addison, Texas. So we lived in in um, in Dallas and. I loved music. It was always a part of a part of me, but obviously you, you can't be a Christian and be cussing in your music and talking about, you know, <laughs> shake your booty and, and rub you know, all this craziness that the world does. And so I literally had to like, I had to retrain my whole brain because as a rap artist, like there was like words and just phrases and flows in a direction that I would always go. And I had to completely change lanes. And so for, for about a year, I stopped, stopped music completely because I had to learn who God was. Like I had to know what the heck I was going to be talking about if I was going to mm. be rapping. Right. So I took a little break and then I came back in it about a year later. And at the church that I go to, man, there was a lot of other musicians and artists and people that wanted an outlet, but nobody really knew what to do because there wasn't like a whole lot going on. I mean, that's when like the truth and, and cross moving and all them were like just peaking, like they were just starting to come out and stuff. And so it's like Christian hip hop wasn't really, really popular. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people were like, it's a devil. You know, you can't use that, you know, all this stuff. And we're like, we see the opposite side of it because we're getting together. We created a group called Lyrically Sound and we got together every uh, every uh, other week, twice a month. And we would we would read the Bible We, as a team, as a group of artists and producers and rappers and singers. We would come together. We would read a passage in the Bible together. Then we would discuss the pack, the, the passage, what, what we thought it meant, you know, talking about, you know, what was going on in the day and time when that might have been written, you know, the culture back then versus the culture now. I mean, we were going pretty deep in that stuff. And the homework that we had was if you were a producer that liked to produce music, you would produce a beat. The, the singers and the rappers homework was to take that beat, go home and write 16 bars about the passage that we discussed and bring it back the, the following, you know, the following week. And so we did that for like a year, a little over a year. And it helped strengthen our faith. It helped strengthen our skill sets as artists. Uh, it helped build our knowledge of the word of God, fellowship with each other. And um, I ended up joining a bilingual rap group called mm -hmm. ONC. I was the only member in the group that didn't speak Spanish. Everybody else was Spanish and I was not. So I had to look up. <laughs> yeah. One of them. things. So I, yeah. so I had to look up, you know, all these words and 
try to figure out how to engraft into my English flow, throwing in a, a, a Jesus says la luz, Jesus is the light and, you know, all these different things. And so, but it was working, man. We ended up getting booked, you know, at a lot of places throughout Texas. And uh, in, in 07, I got saved in 05, started doing music again in 06. And then I went to ministry school in 07. And it was very intense. It was intense studies, hermeneutics, Holy Spirit communications, uh, Old Testament survey, New Testament survey. Um, oh my gosh, bro. I'm talking like the works and they were cramming. It was, it was like the weight of homework and learning was just, it was so much and so intense. But I committed myself to it, man. I really felt God wanted me to do it. And so I did. And I ended up graduating in 09 with 17 A's and two B's. Mm. So, which was a huge, a huge testimony to God's goodness because in school as a kid, I got D's and F's. So to see a transformation like that was just incredible. But it also taught me my calling. Like I learned who I am in Christ. Um, and I learned, you know, my calling as an evangelist to, to minister to the world and evangelize through the great and powerful mountain of media, arts and entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so I followed that because that's what I truly believed God had called me to do. I was gifted. That's where my anointing was. It just made sense. So when mm -hmm. I started, when I continued to pursue that direction, God began to open the doors. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah. And so a lot of stuff happened. I, I, I ended up the, the, the group ONC dispersed late 2009. I went on to be a solo artist. And that's when the really crazy stuff started happening. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Wow. Wow. Now, one thing that I do want to um, ask you well, a couple of things before we actually uh, have to let you go. But um, is I. I noticed one thing about you because I have been somewhat following your your career, you know, in CHH and everything. Okay. And one thing that um, I noticed about you is that you are different when it comes to other quote unquote gospel rappers or CHH rappers and things of that nature. Far as what I mean by that is your marketing. It's it's almost like. I don't see anything from you on social media a lot of times, but you're, you're always doing something. Yeah. And that's what, that's what blows my mind. Sometimes it's like, okay, what team do you have around you or what have you studied or who are you, who are you following? I mean, I know it's all through God because just like the, the movie, the uh, the music that you have in the numerous movies and things of that nature, you don't hear a lot of gospel artists talking about that or even saying that they have anything like that happening within within their career. Yeah. So how how did you go about getting those things done? I mean, how did that stuff work for you? Cool. So I'm gonna give you a, a try to make a quick breakdown, but this is important, and I hope that it ministers to somebody. I had a manager for eight years, 2010 to 2018. During those eight years, he was not just my manager, he was also my spiritual father. We would call and we would pray sometimes for hour, for over an hour, we would just be in prayer. And he got me some bookings, you know, each year there was booking at different locations and festivals and things and, and pushing, but um, 
in 2018, there was a lady who came across my music. She was an elderly lady, actually. She was 78 years old. Uh, her name was Barbara. And Barbara came across my music, and for whatever reason, she wanted to meet with me. So I met with Barbara. My manager set it up, went to go meet with the lady. Boom. Next thing I know, we're sitting at a table for about three hours, and I'm telling this lady the good, the bad, and the, the, bad and the ugly, sharing openly, humbly, and truthfully everything. My vision, what I want to do, what I'm lacking, where my struggles are, my the sins that I struggle with, the victories that I had. I was just very open and very honest. Mm. She wanted me to close out in prayer. I close out in prayer. After I'm done praying, a waitress from way across the room of the restaurant comes, took the time to walk all the way over from across the room, came up to us as we're getting out the booth to leave. And she said, excuse me, I don't mean to bother you, but I just want to let you know that I was across the room and I saw, not, he not heard, I saw you praying at your table and I could feel God's presence when I saw you pray. And I, she said, I just want to tell you that whatever you're doing, you're on the right path. And I believe God wants you to keep going. And that was it. Mm. She said, thank you for letting me share that. And she walked away. And the, the lady that met with me, she smiled and whatever she was feeling in that moment, went home, woke up the next day, called from the manager. Manager hits me up, says, hey, how'd the meeting go? I said, I think it went really well, you know. Um, you know, she, she was a complete stranger. I'd never met her before in my life. First time meeting her. But I said, we, you know, I think we hit it off good. You know, I, I explained who I am, what I do, my good, my bad, the ugly, everything. And I, I think that overall our conversation was really good. And he said, well, she must've really, really liked whatever you told her. And I said, well, why do you say that? And he said, well, you're probably not going to believe this, but I woke up this morning and that lady wired me $40,000 for your music. Wow. Hold on. Okay, so hold on. I, I backtrack. I said she, she did she did what? <laughs> she did. She she did. She did what? And I'm going to tell you what's even crazier, man. My grandmother when she passed away, my grandmother gave my brother $40,000 for him to go to flight school. I didn't get 40 grand. I, the only thing I got was the five grand that was like saved up from when I was in prison. And mm. that went up my nose in cocaine. My brother got 40 grand from my grandmother for flight school to help him become a pilot. My grandmother died when she was 78 years old. Her name? Barbara. Okay. Wow. So this is very, very, very powerful, bro. So after I got saved, God put me on a new path, qualified me to receive the same treatment as my brother by a stranger that I'd never met before, spent three hours with this person one time, walked away, woke up to 40 grand for my music, spent $20,000 in three months creating all kinds of music videos and projects, all this stuff. Manager stole the other 20. Mm. $20,000 disappeared. Remember, not just manager, spiritual father. So now right. Harmony has a knife in his back. Harmony's crying. Harmony is depressed. Harmony is like, what in the world is going on here? 
And so two weeks after that situation had happened, I get an inbox on social media randomly. A gentleman says, hey, Harmony, uh, you don't really know me, but I've been following you for about seven years. Mm. Ever since you released your first music, one of your first music videos, If I Go Away. I loved that video. I thought it was so creative and a very powerful song. So I decided to start following you. Here we are seven years later, and I'm getting ready to execute a major motion picture starring Lawrence Fishburne and Mel Gibson's son, Milo Gibson, along with Glenn Morshower, Abigail Hawk, blah, blah, blah. I would like to hire you to write the main soundtrack for Lawrence Fishburne's new movie. I'm I'm almost I'm almost like this guy can't be real. Like, you, know, <laughs> you, you must be from Nigeria. You have a fake profile, and any minute you're gonna ask me where I live, what my number is, and tell me that you want to give me some type of money or inheritance that your grandfather died and left one zero 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 dollars and all. But it actually ended up being very real, and so. Yeah, I got hired to write the main soundtrack. Next thing I know, boom, 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 boom. One thing lands to another. Doors open, doors open. The movie just hit theaters June 4th of this year uh, across America. 55 theaters in 17 different states. And uh, and I've also been hired to write for uh, the main soundtrack for Wesley Snipes' movie. Um, I had a deal that was made in August of 2020 where I was approached uh, by a Hollywood director and producer that wanted to make a movie about my life. They, uh, they, they thought my, my life story was incredible, that it resembled Eight Mile, the movie, Eminem's story. And they said that it would be really, really awesome to have a powerful story like yours hit the big screen. But instead of, give, instead of the individual, Marshall Mathers, getting all of the glory, we can give glory to God. And so I'd like to make you a con- I would like to offer you a contract. Next week comes in, I get a contract. I send it to my attorney. He looks it over, calls me, says, congratulations. This is a real offer from a real studio. Um, and, you know, I want to I want to push a little bit to try to get, you know, some perks for you. So they they redline the contract about five weeks. Next thing I know, we land on a deal that I like sign the contract. And uh, as of right now, we might be shooting this November. Man, God is good. Major Damn, motion, brother. Major motion picture, man. About three to four million dollar budget, and so, wow. so God. Remember, this is important. God don't need people. He doesn't need specific people to get you where He wants to take you. God blessed me with forty grand from a complete stranger. God gave me the biggest opportunity of my life in music through a person that I didn't even know had been following me for seven years. People question God. People, you know, they get down and they lose hope and all these things. But God says, knock and keep knocking. He says, pray, keep praying, ask and keep asking. The door will be open. What people fail to remember in the Bible is that when some of the biggest people in the Old Testament were praying, prayers were hindered. If you remember, there were specific people, Daniel, people's prayers were hindered because the enemy was trying to. It wasn't that God didn't hear the prayer and it wasn't that God wasn't trying to answer the prayers. It was that the enemy was trying to prevent those answers from getting to us. Now, people, Mm. human beings might not understand all of that. 
you know, people, human beings might not understand, you know, when, when two people have sex and the two become one flesh that mm -hmm. in, in the human mind, it's, it kind of like, it's, it's, it, it almost don't make sense. Cause it's like, what, what does that mean? Like even Paul says it's a mystery, right? Because it's, it's a heavenly language. And so it, even if people don't understand how all of that goes down when you pray and prayers hindered, you know, coming back or whatever, the one thing we can understand is that God says, pray and keep praying, knock, Amen. knock and keep knocking. And the reason why he says that is because the more that you pray and keep praying, your faith is in, is it is increasing your faith in the heaven, which is giving those angels power over the struggle of the enemy trying to withhold your prayers from coming down. So Amen. you need to pray, keep praying, get in agreement, touch and agree, keep speaking it, keep speaking it because God wants you blessed. He wants you. He came so that you could have life and life abundantly. And he meant that there's no other translation. It's not a, a, a symbolism or it, it is what it means. He wants you blessed. He wants you to have abundance period, because he knows that when you have an abundance, you're going to use it for good. When people like, uh, uh, when people like little Wayne or people like, like soldier boy or just whoever, man, these secular people, they're going to take $57 million. They're going to buy a private jet. They're going to get built in stripper poles. They're going to buy about a million dollars worth of absolute hardcore liquor. And they're going to have drugs and a straight up sinful that's it, like sinful influence over and over. But God knows if, if you have that kind of abundance, there's going to be programs open. Some kids in your neighborhood are going to get fed. Okay. Somebody's rent is finna get paid. Some church ministry that needs help is finna get help. Somebody is going to get their mortgage taken care of. Some single mom or single dad with bald tires is finna get a new set of tires. So the reality is, and this is why intercessors are so important. I'm listening, man. Intercessors, I got to tell you, I love y'all, man. Without you, there is no church. <laughs> because, hey, man. man, bro, oh my <laughs> goodness, they are on the front line doing this thing, bro. And that's why it's important for any ministry to have a, a team that of people that pray. And I mean, I, I just, I'm so grateful for people that do that for me, bro, for you, for anybody, because without them, Oh man, the walk is so hard. I mean, it's already hard. It's like we're going against the grain every day. But to have yes. to have people in our corner, man. And I, you know, I don't try to act like I, I tell people straight up. Don't ever, ever, ever put me on no pedestal. I don't care how celebrity I get. I don't care how much money I got in the bank. How many cars I own. How many homes I own. How many successful businesses I own. Or how much fly gear and rings that I own. At the end of the day, I need Jesus Christ. And if I don't have Him, I am going to die and burn in hell. My mm -hmm. name is nothing. There is no good in me except for the good that lives within the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you take Jesus out of me, I am going to be the worst person you could ever even imagine. And the only reason that I'm able to even keep somewhat of a sane brain is because the power of the Holy Ghost that entered my being through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ <laughs> came to my front door. That is it. Speaking, so, brother. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> ever put me up so high in the cloud. Once, then once I make a mistake or I fall or I, I fall into sin or whatever happens, God forbid, but if it happens, if that was to happen, and I just keep it real, I would have to fall all the way from the sky to crack my face on the pavement down here to earth. And it's like, 
it's just not, don't ever do that. Your pastor, TDJ, it don't matter who you look up to, who your pastor is, how many people like them or know them, don't ever, ever, ever give them a platform that puts them on the same pedestal as somebody like Jesus because they are human, they are flesh, they can mess up, they sin every single day, whether it's willingly or unwillingly, consciously. They have struggles, they deal with stuff, and it's going to be like that till the day they die. They are simple vessels being used by God by his own grace to do his work and his will in the earth, just like you. We ain't got no stones to throw. We all need Jesus. And if we, if we, if we hold each other together and we lift each other in prayer and we encourage each other and we come together, we're going to see God do the most incredible things. There's going to be a real revival in America. Amen. 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 Well, ladies and gentlemen, just to let y'all know, man, this is RYC Praise News, and I'm sitting down with the brother Harmony, man. I'm telling you, this brother has a testimony that will just, woo, powerful, 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 man. Um, and once again, man, thank you so very much, brother, for coming on. I want to actually give you a chance to let the folks know if they want to reach out to you. Do, um, do you do collaborations with artists? Yes, I do collaborations. Um, so and any type of any type of collaborations, features, business deals, because I, I do stuff on the business side heavily too, bro. Um, heavily into marketing. I know how to do professional Google ads to boost videos, to get subscribers. I know how to do marketing on Facebook, marketing on Instagram. I'm very prolific in marketing, very much. I own 166 Facebook groups, millions of members co uh, combined you know, where I can change out the banner ads, I can change out the pinned post, I can post people's videos into Facebook groups, a thousand Facebook groups, you know, there's just so much that I can do in that area. And, uh, you know, so when it comes to music and, and doing all that stuff, man, um, you know, they can feel free to contact me and we can talk about, you know, how I can be of, of service in whatever area that I, I do, videos, photography, graphics, web design, PR, you know, getting people's names in headlines, um, all that stuff. So clothes designs. I mean, it's what I do. Man. Okay. Awesome. 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 Well, give us and let um, let the folks know your email address, how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, for sure, bro. Uh, on social media, it's at Harmony 731. Harmony is again spelled H-A-R-M-I-N-I -I 731. Um, that's on that's my personal page on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, all of it across the board. Harmony 731. So if you guys want to connect with me there, that's cool. If you want to learn more about my testimony, if you want to know how to book me to come to your church or your event uh, to speak for whatever, uh, you can go to my website, which is harmonyproductions.com. H-A-R-M-I-N-I productions.com. You can see the movies that I'm a part of there. You can see my EPK booking reel. You can see the stats of followers and all the numbers and things there that help give clarity uh, to you, to what is going on in my life in that area. And of course, if you have any questions whatsoever, you can uh, you can message me through my website or message me on uh, social media, and I will be uh, responsive to you. And um, yeah, man, I really appreciate you bringing me on, bro. Uh, sharing the platform, dude. Um, I pray blessings over over your ministry, man, and just pray that God continues to uh, push push the borders back, man, and continue to expand you, bro, expand you and connect you and elevate you, man, continue to flow in the power of Jesus Christ, bro. I speak blessings over you in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. I receive it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Um, what I want to do is I want to go ahead and end the show off with this video. This video here really hit me. Um, it may be a little older video, 
you know, to you or whatever, but it may be brand new to somebody out there that's never seen it before. You actually did this with the artist uh, Five. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you explain that um, that concept, that video before we play it? Sure, sure. Real brief, man. Uh, so that, that, that music video, is the song is called Memory Lane. And the song touches on the topic of forgiveness, and it does it through a story of homosexuality. And so um, that that song is basically life story translated into lyrics about um, a father who struggled with homosexuality, uh, tried to suppress it, ended up getting married, which we know this happens a lot even in the church with people, man, pastors that they don't deal with some of their stuff, man. And then they, they make decisions, they get married, and then that homosexual spirit rises up. And the next thing they know, their wife is looking at them like, you're cheating on me with a man? Like, it don't even make no sense. But the reality is that stuff still happens. And so in this particular case, father cheats on wife. Uh, a father ends up, uh, you know, dealing dealing with that spirit, rises up in the marriage. This Their, ch their child has to go through a ton of stuff is ended up taken out of the home. Mom falls back into depression, drinking drugs. You know, it's just a devastating situation. And, and the story is stemming from the perspective of the, of the son, the son. And he's strolling down memory lane, recalling the memories of what happened in his life. And uh, yeah, powerful track, powerful lyrics, powerful video. I hope, I hope you guys yeah. enjoy that memory lane. All right, all right. We're about to end it off with Memory Lane. Brother, love you. Thank you very much, man. God bless you, bro. Bless you too, bro. Let's stay connected. Yes, yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is Memory Lane by Harmony and uh, featuring five. Man, make sure y'all tune in tomorrow night. We will be back with another show. We'll be sitting down with Slim Feasy and... Um, uh, da -da -da. Majestic Sounds, excuse me, Slim Feasy and Majestic, majestic Sounds. All right, let's go. Mm. I remember like memory lane, yeah. Seems like yesterday, yeah. I will never forget, hey, I will never forget. Oh. I'm so sorry. Oh. Hey, Dad, what's up? Now 
not sure if you can hear me, but I stopped by the crib. It's been a long time, but it's been on my mind. It's crazy being here. Never thought I'd come back, but I'm glad that I did. It's amazing how many memories I have here growing up as a kid. And I gotta really miss y'all. Give anything if I could just see you again. I remember how we run through the house playing tag and you would always let me win. Those were the days, huh? Like a great dream. I would never want to wake up. There's a lot of good things I could think of strolling down memory lane. I can only imagine all the fun that you're having in heaven with him. When you see Mama Taylor, I love her. When I look forward to seeing her again. Overwhelming emotions coming back to me as I walk around this place. I can still hear us laughing in the room. You and Mama always kiss my face. I'll never forget that, Dad. No way. It meant so much. It's a memory etched to my heart. One I can almost feel and touch. But a lot of pain still lingers here from the tears following the change. Came on the day you left us. On the day you said you were gay. So many memories. They live up in my mind. They go round and round in circles to test me all the time. So things in life you just cannot forget. It just ain't that easy. Man, believe. Please believe me. But I cannot wait for the day. No. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, she fell back into her old ways You know, like back in the old days Started drinking again and using again And man, that changed everything And for so long, I never, never, ever spoke of the day I was down in the basement hiding In the shadows under the staircase And that's when I saw it For the first time with my own eyes I was gripped by fear, afraid When I saw you kiss that guy And even though I didn't talk about it There was something inside of me that died that day And whatever did die, stay dead in my soul And the truth is, it never really went away But the damn is that man is a casket I found Intrigued me to find out what happened exactly It hurt me so badly I needed an answer from daddy And that's when he told me When my daddy was a young boy He had three little cars and a toy truck And he was sitting in the room with his four toys Staring at the door that was half shut Cause there was a man living in that house He would go in his room when nobody was around Hi, John. I'm the pastor of your parents' church, and I'm so sorry to have to be the one to tell you this, but your parents passed away in a car accident this morning, and they told me if anything ever happened to them to please get a hold of you and tell you that they loved you. 
and to ask you for your forgiveness for the pain they've caused. Your mom's been drug free for over a year now and she served faithfully in our church each week. Your dad, he also accepted Christ as his personal Lord and Savior and was set free from homosexuality. He's been straight for over two years now and I hope that you can find it in your heart to forgive them. They loved you so much. Wow. Mm -hmm.